can you explain like, you know, like your first ever, you know, experiences with what you thought dating was? Sure. Um, I mean, I don't even know if I'm doing it correct now. <laughs> kind of really winging it. <laughs> This is uh, Dan from When a Nerd Starts Over. And on today's show, I will have a very good friend of mine, Becca. And she, this is part of a three-part series that we're going to do with uh, Josh Hawks from the Points of Interest podcast podcast. He is on location right now. He is at San Diego Comic-Con. And I got to say I'm pretty jealous because of uh, all the cool stuff he's doing right now. But – Mia and Becca today are going to talk about all kinds of different subjects within dating and just how dating used to be, how dating is, and uh, I guess like probably share some stories of embarrassing stuff that happened while, you know, dating people, I guess. But uh, I want to thank you, Becca, for being on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this, uh, this series. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Um, I the reason the reasons why I love I love podcasting, and I think the reason why this show period has evolved is because I love to hear about people's like lives. You know, when people share uh-huh. what goes on in their life, how they see certain things in life, um, it's just so interesting. It's like captivating to me. You know, and I, I guess that's why I love reality TV so much. But um, Becca is definitely one of those people who I find like really, really interesting. I mean, we've known each other for a while now, so um, I'm really glad that you're on the show today. Yeah, I'm super excited and to go with like we live a life of reality TV, and everyone has their own reality show, so it's kind of interesting to experience everyone's different reality. Yeah, like I mean, for example, like we talk about uh, one thing that Becca is in before we get to like the heavier stuff is she is so into like i mean you're into marathons yeah uh it's it's not so much like a marathon to people that aren't familiar with it like a marathon is 26 point i think two miles and i haven't done that yet but i've done quite a few fun runs and i am in no way a runner and this is kind of my way of pushing myself to run more um a lot of them are like uh, 5Ks, which are only three miles, and um, it's got a lot of fun activities. There's anything from, like, night runs that are all lit up to, like, glow paint, uh, color powder, all kinds of different things to, like, get people running and having fun with it. So those are the kinds of things that I do so that I can still have fun, but, like, get a run in, too. So you're not – it's not like the, the Forrest Gump-style running where you're just running and you just don't stop. <laughs> 
not yet. I haven't got there. Uh, I've done actually two half marathons, which are 13 miles, and there's been parts of those where I've felt that way. It's been more like zombified, though. Like you get to a point where you're just so exhausted that I, as long as my legs are moving, I know I'm doing good, and I've done that a couple times. God, like I, it, it's so for me. Like oh my god, I hate running. Like I just. I hate it. Like it, there are times where literally, I mean, I, I can probably count so many times where I would start a run and I live right next to Jack in the box. So I will run and end up running into the Jack in the box. Like, <laughs> I mean, your legs are moving and technically you're still running. So it's a, it's a start maybe run in the opposite direction of Jack in the box or do like a full circle. So you're Jack telling me, you're telling me that I can't just like stand in line for fries and just keep my legs moving. That that, that probably won't work, I guess. No, no, <laughs> doesn't really work like that. I, I'm not gonna lie. I I live probably like a mile and a half from In and Out, and I ran and ran to In and Out and be like, "Well, this is my prize. I did a run, and I get In and Out now." No, but then see. To walk home, so. No, but see, a mile and a half is great, though. I mean, the fact that you were able to run a mile and a half, like. When I hear people when they tell me their distances of like running, I'm always like amazed, you know? I mean, I hate cardio, but the easiest type of cardio for me to do is like the elliptical, you know, like yeah. I, I'm at the gym, but I mean, that's not really running. I mean, or like, cause I look at what I'm doing and I look straight ahead and I see the people on the treadmill and they're just like running and chugging and chugging. And I'm just like, I, I couldn't do that. Like, I, I don't know the difference why I can't do that, but I can do the elliptical. Floating and running, you mm -hmm. know, and with, with the elliptical, you have the option of pushing more with your arms or with your legs. So it just really depends on how you're utilizing the machine. But you're also not putting the pressure on your knees, like when you run. Oh, and yeah. A treadmill run is completely different from an outside run. Like I can run a mile way faster on a treadmill than I can outside. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So is it almost like, I mean, well, tell me about these like fun runs. I mean, what are, what are they, what, are they, what happens on a fun run? Um, it just depends on which one you pick. And just to clarify, I'm not one of those crazy runners. I hate running as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a pace runner. Like when I say that I've done like 13 miles, five miles, whatever it may be, it's not all in one shot. It'll be like, okay. I'm going to start right here, and then when I get to that stop sign, I'm going to start walking, and then I'll find another spot where I start running. So I kind of pick and choose points where I'm going to stop and go. I am definitely not a distance runner whatsoever where I can just, like you said, like force up, just keep going. I'm like, no. Yeah, I um, I, I, I see. I mean, is have you done a mud run? I have, actually. I have done two mud runs. Um, one of them I did, like – I felt super accomplished, like I got over these walls that were really fun, and then I did a second one that was a bit more intense than my first one, and I was not prepared whatsoever. And I've actually got um, another one coming up in October, I'm doing the Tough Mudder, which is super intense, it's like 10 miles with oh, 20 man. plus obstacles, um, so I'm looking forward to that. Nervous, but looking forward to it. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, I I actually did a mud run. And I was kind of suckered into the 
into the mud run. Like I, I knew some people who wanted to do it and they're like, Hey Dan, you could watch, just watch. There's like food trucks and stuff. And that's the way to get me to go to anything. If there's food somewhere. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, food trucks are great. And then didn't realize that I was actually registered into the mud run by those people has a dirty trick. Um, before like a week before it was going to happen so i mean maybe and then i was like why do you even train like we don't train for a mud run really you know and the thing is i hate getting dirty too so it was like you put dirt meat mud and running two things i i hate and you put them together and i'm like oh dude i don't i, I don't know if i can do it and nobody did it because it really wasn't running like you say some of these fun runs or whatever you stop you like kind of walk and you like look at stuff and you know, you, you, you do the obstacles without at your own pace. You're not, like, trying to get a medal or anything like that. And, you yeah, know, exactly. the only difference, in, I guess, in this one is that uh, the whole night you're taking mud out of the weirdest places from your body. Oh, mm. yeah. Wash your clothes and yourself several times. Yeah. It's, it, it's never ending. Yeah, I, I did find it was it was uh, very interesting where to find mud uh, during those times. People, you mean you, in those things? I mean, people are losing shoes. They're just like, I mean, there's such a there's a, such a weird like unknown like rule book that goes when you go on these like marathons. Like for example, some of the marathons or some of the runs you've been on, I knew someone who ran like a half marathon, and I remember. As, as soon as the person started running the marathon, I waited till Carl's Jr. opened up. I was there while that person was running the marathon, and I met that person at the end of the marathon, and you would see people cross the finish line. Some of them are, like, bleeding from, like, the nipples, and, like, you know, I guess because, like, there's that rule where it's, like, oh, you got to put, like, you know, something to cover your nipples or, like, something you got to use, like, because you're chafing. The nipple chafing, the nipple chafing. Yeah, I mean, but if you're not a runner, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that you need to put like you, you need to protect your nipples, right? Or it, it's just you, there's a weird rule book. Honestly, I have not dived in that far to know that that was actually a real thing. Yeah, so, unfortunately, I'm glad I haven't experienced that. I mean, I have, if you will, what's called chub rub when your legs rub together. That's not pleasant. <laughs> So, I mean, I guess that could be the equivalent. I think I think nipples probably hurt a lot more than your thighs, but it's still very unpleasant. Yeah, oh my God. I mean, I mean, and that was just, I mean, and then the person who ran the marathon, I mean, like, for example, how long did it take for you to recover from your first? From my first half marathon? Yeah. Um, probably, probably like a week or so. Because with me, when it comes to, like, extreme physical activity, I don't really feel it the the first night. It takes 48 hours for me, but with that much running, and I didn't prepare whatsoever. My first half marathon was in San Francisco. It was the women's Nike marathon, and I did the half, and I did not prepare whatsoever beforehand, and it was just torture afterwards. Like, my legs were so tight. They seized. If I dropped something on the ground, it was said to be like, eh, I don't need that anymore. <laughs> your worst enemy is the toilet. Like, be glad that you're a guy and can stand up and do some of your business. <laughs> we got to sit down for everything, and you just kind of walk into the bathroom and dread it. Like, oh, okay. Get through it. It'll be okay. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So, I mean, but now it's like you're you're doing. I mean, is the, is the goal to do a full? Would you do a full? I would like to. 
say. Um, my my first goal would be, um, I think a couple years ago, I did a half marathon through Annadale, which is a trail run, and I absolutely thought I was going to die. Every time I came to like a checkpoint or a person, I was going to be like, okay, you need to call someone to come get me out of the woods because <laughs> I'm just going to die here, so you need to get someone for me. <laughs> so my first goal was to... Would to be to get through that one without feeling like I'm going to die at some point, and then probably move up to a full marathon. Oh man, I just I can't. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe if they just had like an ice cream truck at the front of the marathon, <laughs> and I would, I just spent my time chasing that guy. Just the thought of like a, maybe a choco taco in my hand by the end of this that that would entice me to do it. But, oh, man, I just I, – but, but it's awesome that, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I admire people who, you know, can do these marathons. I mean, I, I, mean, I watch – I love the Olympics and I watch a lot of the running things, a lot of the track stuff, and I'm, like, always in, like, awe of what these people can do, you know. Um, it's, it's amazing. You know, um, but I wanted to talk about what we're going to be – we'll plan to talk about, which was, like, the dating, you know, dating and how it's changed. I mean, we kind of grew up in in a period where, you know, I'm a lot older than you. Like, you know, I guess like nine years older or whatever than you. But, but <laughs> decades, older. Yeah, decades back in my time when we would send each other letters by pigeon. No, but, um, <laughs> you know, the times were like, you know, when you're growing up and you don't understand what dating is, you know, middle school, you're handing out notes and like, you know, oh, this person has a crush on this person and how – you were told someone that you liked them back then compared to, you know, high school and like college. And, and now as we are as like full blown adults, how dating is now. I mean, can you explain like, you know, like your first ever, you know, experiences with what you thought dating was? Sure. Um, I mean, I don't even know if I'm doing it correct now. <laughs> kind of really winging it, you know, obviously my first times of like liking a boy, I'd say it was more like middle school. Anything before that, I was a tomboy and didn't want anything to do with boys. And But middle school was all about writing notes to the boys of like, oh, I like you, will you be my boyfriend, stuff like that, um, which didn't pan out for me until high school. High school, I don't think I was still sending the notes. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I've, I've graduated from the notes now. I didn't. I don't use them now in my adulthood, but maybe that actually would work out better. Maybe you should do um, that. Why don't you bring the notes back? You fold it up in a weird like shape that we like we did back in. I can still fold it into a little envelope that has like the pull tab. I you... can't do any of the special ones or like that little game you used to play where it was four triangles and you open and close it. Uh... I can still... <laughs> I wonder how that would go through now. It's like I, I, I'm, oh man. I mean, yeah, I, I guess so now. It's like I guess when it comes to dating, it's like we never, you never really know how to do it. You know, I mean, uh, I was the same way too. It's like you know, in fact, I had weird like experiences, you know, growing up with it. Because I mean, when I was in like say sixth grade, I think I had my first like girlfriend. I guess at that time, um, and. It was this party, right, that we went to, and uh, I was really into this one girl. I had this huge crush on this one girl, and she was going to be at the party. I was there, and then we're sitting together. Like There was like this living room area. I was sitting on one couch, and this other girl was in the room too, 
And this other girl says, oh, you know, Dan, like, oh, you know, I'm surprised you don't have a girlfriend yet. You know, it's so weird that you don't have a girlfriend. And I'm like, well, I, I, I don't know. I was just surprised that this girl was even talking to me, right? And yeah. some other girl comes up to me and says, yeah, you should have a girlfriend. And she went and she kissed me on the cheek. At that moment, I was like, I think this is a person I'm supposed to be with. She kissed me. <laughs> That's my soulmate. This is this is love. I mean, this is what they talk about in all those R and B, you know, '90s hip hop songs. This is love, you know. And, and I I didn't know how to react to that. The next day, or I saw the next time I saw him at school, I was given a note by this person, all folded up, and you know, all that stuff. And it did say, with big hearts at the bottom, "Will you be my my boyfriend?" Granted, I wasn't even into this girl at all. I, I didn't have I didn't have a crush on this girl, but I felt she kissed me. I felt it was strong enough connection on she kissed me on the cheek, you know that I had to be dating this person. And all of a sudden, I'm, I said yes. I I I couldn't. I didn't say no. I felt like I was obligated to say yes. And so that was like my first girlfriend experience, which was pretty sad and pathetic. But um, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, that was it. I I feel like you know. When we're young like that, we and not even just young. I feel like as an adult, we kind of dramatize those um, those feelings. Like, oh, that person was really nice to me. Do you think they like me? Do you think <laughs> they have a crush on me? Mm. You know, just taking simple courtesies and turning it into like, I think that person likes me. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, I guess now it, it might be harder. You know, in high school, it's a lot more difficult. It's a lot harder to read people. Um, you know, I think people are a lot more forward in, in high school. Um, but there's always that awkward moment. I'm sure you've, you've experienced it. It's like, you know, what are we? Are we together? You know, in high school, you might have had that where it's like, you know, I, I sit with you at lunch and okay. we cheat off each other's homework. Um, you know, I, I paid you on my pager or whatever you had back then. And, <laughs> you know, uh, and what are we? I mean, are we together, you know? And, and that was probably what you experienced in high school, too. I mean, I mean, for, for me, I was quite, I was, I was very, very quiet. Um, uh, I want to say anyone that I ended up dating, if I remember correctly, I was the pursuer, but it was never really easy for me. Mm-hmm. Just because of being a tomboy, I was always looked at as like one of the guys. Right. So it was it was really hard for me to break that mold and become like a girl, a girl that guys saw as a girl that they could possibly possibly date. Right. Um. And also, like breaking out of that mold without like changing myself, because I was never really a girly girl, and I wouldn't consider myself one. I did want a boyfriend. And so there's a fine line of like, how do you do that without, you know, completely changing into someone different? And for for me, I think it was just hanging out with a person for a while and be like, hey, do you want to be my boyfriend? And going from there. Yeah, that's like, so that brings up an interesting point. Um, is the fact that like, you know, you having to break out of like, Hey, I'm not just one of you guys. Like I'm, you know, I really want to, I want to be with you. I want to try this out. I mean, so did you have much experience with being friend zoned? Oh, tons, tons of experience. Actually, it, um, I like the boy 
from, I want to say from fifth grade all the way through eighth grade. And I probably asked him out every year and like bless his soul he was the sweetest thing he was so polite about it and stayed my friend like all throughout those years but every year i asked this kid out like would you be my boyfriend and it was always a no (laughs) oh man that's tough though it's like you know it that's a tough balance to be like hey i really want to get to know you i want you to be able to tell me things and and you know in secret and and trust me that i won't tell anyone to break from that and still balance like, but I want to be with you. I'm not trying to be in the friend zone. I mean, this is, it's such a weird like balance there. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it, it's hard. I honestly, like, I can't remember a lot of times that like, that I was friend zoned is more or less just like turned down. Like, no, mm-hmm. no. Um, but you know, I feel like friend zoning is a lot harder for you guys than girls. From yeah. what I've experienced, at least. Yeah, I feel like it's such a weird term. And the thing is, every time that I've like mentioned friend zone to people, or I've done quite a few shows where I mention the friend zone, it's always a controversial issue because people are like, "Well, no, like you know, like a guy will be like, you know." Um, I had a guy in the show one time and he was like, you know, there's this person I'm always like, you know, I, I show I'm interested in them and they just put me in the friend zone. But someone could take it as like, well, you're not really friend zone. That person just wasn't into you. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't say, Hey, you're in the friend zone. You just thought you were in the friend zone because I wouldn't give you a chance. You know, that's not the case. I just wasn't into you, you know? And that's how some guys, some guys take it, you know, in, in my in my culture, right, we we have this word, right, where we, we, we call someone brother, right, older brother or something. And the word is kuya, right? That means okay. older brother. So in high school, if I was into a girl and then, I'll, you know, I show my interest in her and all of a sudden one time she calls me kuya, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no, there it goes. That was the friend zone moment. It was like. Yeah. Oh fuck. I, I that that but I mean I guess for girls it's a little it's a little different. But now though, have you have you ever had that have you had that happen recently in past those times where you have you ever been friend zoned like that before now? Um yeah, you know, actually thinking about it uh, a few years uh, a few years back, you know, I had someone that I was getting really close to and we were really good friends and you know, I put myself out there and just kind of said, you know, I would like to pursue more than what we have. And, you know, this person kind of brought up to me like, oh, you know, it sounds really nice, but I don't want to ruin our friendship. Mm. I feel like that being as an adult, like that's what you hear more now is like, oh, I don't, I don't want it to mess up our friendship. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, granted we were already friends, so I didn't really change zones. I just kind of got stopped. Like, no, you can't go past this barricade. You just stay right there. Ah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's, and I think as we get older, it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult. You know, like me, I, um, I always consider myself to be like a serial monogamist, you know, where mm-hmm. I, I, I go from one serious relationship to another. I've never been the type to be like, you know, I'm dating this girl, this girl, and this girl. I'm going to probably choose the one that I work out the most with and then tell the other two girls it's not going to work out. I, I've never been that person. I, I kind of see it through the very end. And if it works out, then, you know, that's who I'm going to be with. And or I'm just like basically I'm, I'm just 
with that person now, you know? Um, so I've never experienced that. I mean, but you, you've had experience with that where you would, you've dated a few people and you've like said, okay, this is not going to work. And you've had to cut that. I mean, am, am I right? Have you experienced something like that? So I'm, I'm very similar to the way you are. Like I'm not one that tries to do like multiple relationships and see how it works out or, you know, the quote unquote dating. And it really depends on the person on what dating means. Cause I know there's people that date around and will, you know, hang out with multiple people, if you will. And then there's people that will date just one person and then decide if after dating that one person, they want to make it into a relationship, which I'm typically that kind of person. Like, right. If you know, cause nowadays you, it's not like we were kids where you don't have to get to know each other. You're like, I think you're cute. Want to be my boyfriend. Now we try to definitely figure out the person a little bit more. So we do the dating, if you will, get to know this person a little bit better and decide like, okay, I could see this going somewhere. Let's make it a relationship. So that's the way I am. I did one time try dating multiple people and it's, it's just not worth it. It's too too hard. I was mixing up conversations with <laughs> who I had what conversation with, and I was just like, no, we gotta focus on one because I'm gonna end up having to do like journal or take notes. So I don't mess this up. <laughs> oh man, it's like a so it's like they call you on the phone or text you. Each like picture or profile picture will come with its set notes, so you know. It's good. It's, so what had happened to me is I said someone a picture of shoes and I had mentioned this, the picture um, to someone else and they were like oh you didn't, you never sent me that picture and this guy mentioned he's like oh you must have meant, uh, you must have sent that to someone else and I just played it off like my cell phone probably has the worst service ever and I was like oh no my phone's just really bad it didn't send the picture oh man well wait okay well if that's the case so you don't tell the others that there are others? No, because I don't know how to mention that. And again, this was my one and only time yeah. ever doing it. Mm -hmm. So I I did not mention to the others, you know, I it was like two guys that I was talking to. Yeah. And I think I ended up stopped talking to one and focused on another, but it was one time and it was definitely something that I didn't know how to handle. Yeah, see, I mean, that's that's what I think too. It's like I, it's weird. Like I even even when I was younger, if I felt like, you know, I was into someone, like say in high school, and then they were into me, and say I was like, you know, we became boyfriend girlfriend. If I found out someone else was like kind of into me, I would be like extreme and be like, well, I can't even talk to you because you like me, and I'm, you know, trying to get to know this girl. I was so extreme with that, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I, that's why I just felt like I can never, ever, ever just date multiple people. It just, it just works. So I, I just been, I just stay from one to one to one, you know? Um, but that, but that's, that's interesting though. You know, I mean how, cause I mean the dating game is kind of scary that way. It's like, you might be like, Hey, I only want to date seriously. Like I'm going to try and see if this works out with you, if it works out with you. But the person that you're dating could be like, well, you're one of like three. Yeah. With, with something like that, um, you know, when I was in the dating pool, I always made sure to be honest about that. Like, I'm, I'm a 
wrong one person. Like, I put my focus on you. Like, I only want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to other people. And if they're not in the same boat that I am, then then I don't want to continue it. Because I don't want to invest all of this time and emotions into one person that might be, you know, investing all around town. Like, I don't, I, I want the same kind of investment that I'm putting into that person. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that, that's just, I mean, that's a scary thing. I think, especially since we get, as we get older, we have more baggage, you know, like we totally. we carry whatever we had in the past. And for me, it's different because, like, I mean, I'm, I'm divorced. I, you know, I have, I have a child, and you know, to bring that into a new relationship, you know, like, hey, you know, and it's sad to say that, you know, since divorce is so, you know, normal. You know, a lot of people are going to have that same baggage, like, hey, I'm divorced too. Hey, I have kids too, you know? Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's tough, you know? I mean, it's, tar- it's tough to start a relationship from, like, square one and be like, this is who I am. And, you know, I hope you understand that. Honestly, I hate starting over. Yeah. It, it just sucks to go, to go through all, all the you know, the trials and errors of trying to find someone that, like, you work with and getting to know the person. Like, I like being in the middle when you're at that comfortable point. And, you know, not not to the point, I know sometimes it can get a little stale when you're with someone too long and you don't change things up, but I like that middle point where you're just comfortable with one another. You know each other, still learning fun things, but you're comfortable. Like, I hate the beginning. I hate trying to, because it takes you, it takes you back to being a kid and being uncomfortable and trying to get to know someone and, like, trying to impress them. Because a lot of times, like, how much are we really ourselves when we're first getting to know someone because we want to impress them? Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, that's the thing. That's the scary thing, I guess, like, they call that, like, first, like, you know, months or years of dating someone that, you know, the honeymoon stage where you always want to be with them. You always want to, like, you know, you're just, like, so, like, lovey-dovey and affectionate with that person. And I and I, I agree with that, too. I like to feel like we're at a point where we're past the honeymoon stage and we're kind of like this is, like, who we are. I mean, yeah. we – you know, our normal, you know, before when you first started dating, it was these extravagant like days. It was like, we're going to have breakfast over here and we're going to have lunch over here and then we're going to do these things. And then, you know, it was a lot, you know, it was a lot that you had to deal with. Like, can I spend a full day with someone and not get tired of them and want to crawl into my room and hide? Or, or, you're in the middle part where you're like, I know and expect what we're going to do. You know, we're probably going to do this, this, and this. I'm happy with it. I know that they wake up at this time. I call them on my break. I call them, you know, on my way home. I'm happy where that is right now. Yeah, you're content. And that, you know, that, that's, a, that's a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's true, though. You know, I mean, it's it's, yeah, the honeymoon stage is great and all that. But then, like, when you're in the middle, you, they know who you are as a person probably and your quirks and things like that and you know their quirks and you're still there. So yeah, that's where you're – that's where I guess the real happiness is. Yeah. Learning each other's quirks and knowing that your quirks work together. Like you both can be your own weirdos and your weirdos just click. Well, like, like, do you have – like now that we talk about quirks – 
are there any quirks that you've ever had? I mean, like you've ever seen in a person? You're like, whoa, I, I just can't deal with that. Any quirks that I've seen? Hmm. Or even just like characteristics of a person. Like, wow, that's like a huge turnoff. I, I can't deal with that. So, so to kind of get, get very deep, um, you know, I did a lot of the, the online dating and people that seem to flock towards me are addicts, like ex-addicts, um, possibly even current addicts. I, I dated a couple guys that I, you know, could see signs of them still possibly using and I have a lot of addicts uh, throughout my family and in my past mm -hmm. and for whatever reason those kind of guys just flock towards me hmm. and I, I have a feeling it has to do with like I'm really accepting of people's past and um, and I'm familiar with it and I'm familiar with you know the program and the system and all of that so somehow I get a lot of addicts in my life Huh. And uh, so I get those kind of quirks, which are, which are always fun. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I know. I, I mean, I understand that too. I, I think my personality, like, like I, I mean, I suffer from mental illness. You know, I, I suffer from depression, and anxiety, and so. I have to look at it like dating could be scary for me because it's like. You know, do you date someone who suffers from the same thing as you? Like, you know, someone who has anxiety or depression or a worse case of it than you? Or do you, you date somebody who doesn't have it at all? Um, uh, so it's like for me, it's like I, you know, for example, like my girlfriend now, like, you know, she doesn't suffer from any type of mental illness. You know, me, I do. So she on her end, she's had to like really, you know, to be more understanding, like, you know, Today, Dan doesn't feel good. Today, Dan doesn't feel like leaving the house. He, you know, he's really anxious or he's really depressed. He, you know, I'll leave him alone to like his video games so he can get back to being normal again. And she's had to accept that. Some people just can't accept something like that. Um, yeah. So I guess for me, I already come with a, like, <laughs> like that kind of like issue. Um, you know, um, is there anything that you've had like, you know, like, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really interested in this person, but I have to tell them this is kind of me and see if they deal with that. Um, not, not so much. No. Um, I feel like I'm kind of like, I call myself a chameleon when it comes to like people in relationships. Like I can adjust myself a lot to, the way people are mm -hmm. so that I'm comfortable and they're comfortable. Right. But I can also do it to a fault sometimes where I'm almost compromising who I am yeah. to make them happy or make them comfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's one of my downfalls, but obviously it's not something that I bring up to them. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I don't know if many people would be like, Oh, so you adjust yourself to make me happy? Yeah, we probably shouldn't date each other. Yeah. Like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's – I know it's, it's just weird. I mean, like, the things that we say in our heads and uh, about ourselves and, and the things that we hope that people see in us, like, when they talk to us or, or whatever, I mean, they're so important. You know, I, I mean, like – I'm sure there are things that you you like you you you've dealt with and that you 
struggle with every day. And then you, you have to put this face forward and like, this is, you know, I'm, I'm here for this person and I change up the situation or I become a chameleon for this person so I can help them with whatever they're going through. And I could see how you would be like basically sacrificing part of yourself for that. Yeah, totally. And one of my big insecurities that I've had in um, a couple of relationships is one is feeling like I'm too boring, like I'm not doing enough, you know, doing the same thing day in and day out. And then also um, not feeling intelligent enough. Like I dated someone where him and his friends just talked about the most outlandish stuff and I didn't, I had no idea what they were talking about and I just felt dumb. Like I've only went through elementary school and high school and off and on through junior college, but my most of my education has been life experience through, right. through work and through just experiencing everything in the world, you know. Um, and so when it comes to like really in-depth intellectual conversations, I feel out of place and I feel dumb and I'm like, I, I kind of just feel like, well, why is this person with me? You know, I'm boring, I'm not smart, and that's always been one of my insecurities. Yeah, like, I mean, I think I think for me, like, yeah, my insecurity, I guess, would be probably be, like, the mental illness, I'm, you know, because I'm, like, I'm not sure if they'll be able to deal with it, and... You know, I mean, because, for example, like, I mean, when I first started telling people that I suffered from things like that, you know, a lot of people say the same thing. Like, really? It seems like you're always like happy. You're always like talking to people. You're always like friendly or whatever. But I mean, that was a lot of that was like, I'm just trying to, you know, put a a happy face on, you know, you know, when when I get home, it's a different dance. Sometimes it's like, uh, you know, um, you know, you know, like, for example, some of our jobs, like I know a person who was a massage therapist. When they, you know, they work with their hands all day. When they get home, they don't want to touch nobody, right? Because yeah. same thing with like, you know, we, we have something in common when it comes to work. Some, and, and, uh, and our jobs both have to deal with a lot of talking. When we get home, sometimes we don't want to talk at all. Like I've been talking for like eight hours straight. I don't want to go home and talk some more. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I think, like, me at work is different than, like, you know, when I'm at home. Because, like, yeah, I talk a lot at work. But here at home, like, sometimes I just don't want to talk, you know? So it's like I'm always worried about who they – the person I'm dealing with, who they know, uh, who they see me as and what I am to them, you know? Like, who is the Dan, you know? So, I mean, what – oh, you know, one thing I did want to touch on – through this whole dating thing. And I know that we're going to get into much more of the dating stuff when we get Josh on the conversation is I wanted to touch on being, you know, you did mention that you've done some online dating, the fact that you have been catfished and how that whole situation was. That, that was fun. That, that, was, an, <laughs> that, that was an interesting moment. Um, it was, it was kind of almost my own fault. Like, when you're online, um, when you do the online dating, you know, there's obvious red flags. If you're looking out for for them, there's obvious red flags. And with this guy, for whatever reason, I saw them and just completely ignored them. Like, for example, his photos. He had kind of fuzzy photos, but, like, <laughs> you know, I'm not computer savvy. I'm the worst with technology. I, I love and hate it. It's a love-hate relationship. I honestly can go 
backwards and be fine. But either way, he didn't have the greatest photos, but still, like, he he was interesting and fun to talk to. And um, we we had met up. We were, we were to meet up for dinner. And so we met up for dinner, and this gentleman could have bumped into me, knocked me on the ground, helped me up, and I would have been like, oh, excuse me, pardon me, and kept on walking. Like, he looked nothing like his photos. In his photos, he had brown hair. In person, he was completely salt and pepper. Like, it's a dark, it's a darker salt and pepper. So, yeah, maybe your hair was a dark brown at one point. Um, he had probably put on a good 30-plus pounds from his photos. <laughs> That's 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 crazy. I mean, that's a scary thing. I mean, that's the fact that you have you know like people out there, and, and then you know being someone they're not. You know, I mean, that you know I I remember you know when YouTube became like you know was was really blowing up, and you start to notice that on YouTube, you if you read the comments, they're the most hateful things you've ever seen posted uh, yeah. on there. But there are people hiding behind you know, their profiles, you don't know who they are in real life. And that's got, and you got to know that, you know, in the dating community, if you're doing online stuff, you're going to have the same people. Like, you know, I'm going to catch the person with this pick and then hopefully win them with something else. And then, you know, with my personality or, or something else will catch them about me. I mean, I'd love to find a, a, a actual full blown love story of someone who was catfished and realize like, hey, you don't look in at your pick and it's not gonna work and then like, you know what, I love you. I wanna see this see if this actually yeah. works out, you know? Um If you're gonna do that, just don't don't put a picture up. But I mean, as much as we'd like to say don't judge a book by its cover, mm -hmm. it's it's what you know it's what attracts us, unfortunately. Like it's what you see first. Yeah. I I, I um I agree. I mean, I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't really care about looks. That's that's just a lie. It's just not true. It, you know, because I, as much as I'd like to say that I don't like to do that, it, it, it's happened, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And I've actually had, I've had times where, like, you know, I don't find someone attractive, but getting to know them has 
has made me attracted to them. Like, first first appearance, like, no, probably not someone I date, like, not physically attracted, but getting to know them, it's actually made me attracted to that person. Yeah, yeah, I see, like, like for me, it's like, yeah, I'll, like, look, and, you know, you we all have, like, our types of people that we're, we're usually generally, generally attracted to, and... You know, I'll say, okay, that person's, you know, cute or, or whatever or pretty or whatever. And then you, like, find out more about them and their personality and that makes them beautiful. It's like, whoa, like, this is crazy. And then you get all like, well, I can't believe I'm even with this person. I mean, no one sees what I'm seeing, you know? I mean, it's, it's – Yeah, totally. I mean, you're just surprised. I mean, that's kind of where I see it too. It's like, you know, personality is great. I mean, because when you get older, all you're going to have is personality, you know? I mean, your, look, your looks go away, you know? Um so, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with people who say that, you know, looks don't matter. I mean, it's just not – it's not true, you know. Um, I guess when it comes to food, it doesn't look good, but <laughs> it tastes good, I guess. <laughs> I mean, well, that, I, even with food, too, it's hard. If, like, something doesn't look tasty, there's a good chance that I'm not going to take a bite of it. <laughs> and I could be missing out on something amazing, though. <laughs> I know. That's true. That's true. So, um, I mean, I'm not looks in my food but it has to make me want to like stick my fork in there and take a bite but oh man but it's it's just crazy like it it's such a weird i mean dating is just so interesting to me because everyone has like their weird you know bad story or their their romantic story or how we met and how it's been we've been together for 30 years and we're still like so in love with each other that's why i find it so interesting you know the tragedies the funny stories the fails and the happy ones you know um and we all have our own story no matter like what stage of life we we are in you know Yeah, you know, I mean, back then, I mean, back then it was like, you know, it was school, you saw them every day. When you got in higher levels of education, you might have saw them, you know, at a, parties or new people uh, and they introduced you to their friends and that's how you met people. And now it's like you can meet someone that lives on the other side of the world, you know, and and try to work that out. I mean, it's good and bad, you know, um, but it's crazy. But um now, Becca, if you would like anyone to follow you on social media, would you like to drop your tags or usernames? Sure. Um, I don't really do Twitter. Don't don't hate me. I know I know it's a big a big thing out there for you kids nowadays. I just don't know how to. Tw- I I don't tweet. I don't do it well. I don't know how to follow the tweets. I try. Um, but <laughs> I am a big user of Instagram and. My username is Monkey Nanners, so that's with a Z at the end. I also have a fitness one, which I just post, you know, any any motivational stuff, a lot of pictures of my sweaty face to try and push other people to, you know, live a healthier lifestyle, which is FitMonkey55, and those are both my Instagram. 
That is awesome. So then again, this is, Becca will be back on here because we're going to do another show with Josh Hawks, the 303 Ninja, um, to talk about in depth, I guess, dating apps, the successes and fails of them, and which ones are the best ones and which ones to avoid. And everyone has a story about dating apps. So that will be coming up soon. So I want to thank Becca. If you have any comments about the show, and I do have interesting people who write me emails frequently about what they hear on the show, it is when a nerd starts over at gmail.com. So um, thank you, Becca. Uh, and we will hear back from you soon. Yeah, thank you, Dan. All right. This is Dan, when a nerd starts over.